Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Nicholas Gordon. Nicholas, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about independence, ideas in schools and education and also about I-bonds. Government has defended its unprecedented move to deregister a primary school teacher for life, saying he'd impose his own ideas about Hong Kong independence on students but denied the case was aimed at reining in the sector. It said the information shared was biased and distorted and the teacher had seriously damaged the students. The Education Secretary has meanwhile defended his Bureau's refusal to accede to demands from CY Lung, among others, to disclose details of teachers who were found guilty of professional misconduct over last year's anti-government protests. And the ECE says the Education Secretary will meet the presidents of Hong Kong's major universities to discuss how to comply with national security requirements in campuses such as the handling of Lenin Walls. If the universities can't ensure compliance with national security regulations, law enforcement agencies could step in. She said. Well, was the Bureau justified in deregistering the teacher? Should teachers be named in public? And how should universities comply with those NSL requirements to step up promotion of the importance of national security? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us on 233-88266 and after 9.15 we'll be talking about the new inflation-linked I-bonds issued by the government. Uh, just before we get to uh, today's topic, leading on to it. Uh, a few uh, emails uh, on uh, other issues. Um, Andrew Kay, uh, who's uh, emailed a few times on the topic of uh, people leaving Hong Kong uh, in protest, uh, says, I'm getting the feeling this, might, this is not a topic you want to talk about on Backchat. If everyone is planning to leave, don't you think it'll have a significant impact on Hong Kong? It's not the same as the 1980s when many people left, but with a plan to return as many did. Do you not think asking our politicians will be insightful? That's from uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, but just, there is a survey, it's just actually uh, your comment coincides with a survey from the Chinese University uh, issue, um, Institute of Asia Pacific Studies, just published. Uh, the reports of it in the standard saying, uh, according to its survey, almost 44% of Hong Kongers would emigrate if they had a chance, the highest in the past five years, and 15% of those surveys said they have actually started preparations to emigrate, uh, a 5.7 percentage point increase from last year. Um, thanks for that, uh, Andrew Kay. Larry says more than 3,500 companies, including Coca-Cola, Target, Walgreens, have submitted suits versus the U.S. federal government over its tariffs on China in current weeks, showing the degree of misery among companies over Donald Trump's trade wars, some media outlets have reported. The companies are challenging the administration's unlimited trade war, which impacts billions of dollars in goods imported from the PC, PRC, according to a complaint filed by the maker of auto parts, Dana Corporation. Unfortunately, most media outlets are only playing lip service in reporting this important development. American business are the victims in this senseless trade war, too. That's from Larry. Uh, Anthony says, have you watched that 38-second video of President Trump returning to the White House? It's like a scene straight out of a Hollywood movie. The music, the slow motion, and the cinematography. Probably the most American thing you'll ever see. The next presidential debate should be held in a bulletproof glass cage like the Pope's car. Maybe Trump can debate Biden in his perfectly sealed black SUV. Who knows? 
And Peter says, as if Kin Yun came out in support of the deregistered teacher, I wonder how he can distance himself from a Hong Kong pro-independent stance and the fact that the primary school teacher was promoting the banned Hong Kong National Party in class, which not only was calling for Hong Kong's independence, but also for an armed revolution. The teacher not only showed videos of Andy Chan at events promoting the Hong Kong National Party and Hong Kong's independence, but also used Hong Kong National Party and pro-independence as the theme to teach primary students, asking pupils who support the National Party's manifesto to raise their hands. There was a clear, biased political motivation with the aim to indoctrinate young pupils, instilling a pro-independence ideology, and that Hong Kong, Tibet, Xinjiang and Taiwan are separate from mainland China. If Ip Kin Yun and the teachers disagree with the deregistration of the teacher, they should be able to explain why it would be wrong to teach fascist Nazi ideology at primary school level and then ask the pupils if they support the 25-point National Socialist Programme of the Nazi Party. Second, it's clearly wrong to teach highly complex political topics at primary school level. This has nothing to do with freedom of speech, rather that students won't be mature enough at that age. Otherwise, why not let pupils and toddlers vote for or run as LegCo candidates? That comes from Peter. Joining us now, we have Professor Ho Lok Sang, a senior research fellow at the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, and Mervyn Chung from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organization. Professor Ho, maybe we'll start with you first. Good okay. morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, what, what about this decision, because it's a kind of on-off decision, you know, from, from the administration. Do you think this was the right decision in this circumstance to, uh, to uh, deregister the teacher? Yes, actually, I am quite for it. Uh, um, even though, uh, at the same time, I have been saying that uh, there shouldn't be any taboo in schools. Um, so I agree that it's possible to talk about uh, Hong Kong independence, but... Each time when a topic is raised, there should be opposite views so that students can consider uh, both sides of the story. And it's only then that uh, those students uh, who have uh, uh, this kind of thinking can be exposed to alternative views and uh, see whether they are thinking in the right way or not. But um, in this particular instance, I can see that the, the, the teacher... Uh, simply raised the, the subject of freedom of speech and then went on to talk about uh, independence. Uh, and uh, there's no whatever uh, alternative view that has been presented. And students are simply asked whether they support uh, uh, freedom of speech. And of course, uh, at that young age, people think that freedom of speech is good. You see, so anything that's against freedom of speech is bad. You see, and... Uh, uh, in actual fact, uh, if the teacher is really uh, honest and earnest in uh, educating students about freedom of speech, the teacher should uh, explain to students that there are limits to freedom of speech. There shouldn't be speech uh, like hate speech and uh, uh, speech that uh, will uh, um, uh, uh, actually uh, hurt the feelings of other people and so on and so forth. So. Um, students at that young age simply think, okay, oh, this is good, this is bad. And they're bad guys and good guys, you see. And they want to, be, to side with the good guys and, and, and uh, uh, oppose the, the bad guys. And if you simply raise the, the banner, freedom of speech, of course, everybody will agree to that. You know? And then you, you talk about something that uh, 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 has crossed the red line, and then, of course, you know, freedom of speech, of course, it should be a... It should be defended, 
you see, and, and, and I can see the, the bias involved, and I agree with Peter, you know, the, the one who, who emailed, you know, if, if someone is uh, 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 spreading Nazi propaganda and ask students whether, uh, uh, whether that is agreeable, okay, would, would the um, Hong Kong Professional Teachers uh, uh, Union agree to that? I don't think so. So, yeah. so, so I, I, I have a quick question. And I think it's, it seems like there, there are two ways of understanding what happened here. The first is that um, this is a topic that cannot be discussed in schools, and that's it can be. My yeah. view is that it can be, but each time it is presented, there should be opposing views, and both sides should be uh, should be given the opportunity to to uh, uh, explain the views. So, so that students can be exposed to both kinds of views, and if it's only one-sided, then it's it's propaganda. Right, right, right. So your so your opinion is that this is an example of a complex topic taught badly, not that the topic itself is off limits. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I think that uh, uh, well, certainly there are students who 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 who, who harbor uh, independence ideas, and and I think if if they uh, are not allowed to talk about it and not allowed to be exposed to alternative views, then they'll uh, never uh, reflect on whether the views are wrong. So, so I, so I think if they if they harbor those views, they should they can voice out, and it's not a problem. Okay, the problem is that the teachers must expose them to alternative views. Okay, so and and, and the teacher who teach freedom of speech must must uh, try to explain the various. Uh, limits, you know, to uh, freedom of speech that is reasonable and is good for society. But this, in this instance, I, I see nothing of that sort. So you think it's okay to to have uh, a to show an interview with Chan Ho Ten uh, and then show and then uh, express or reflect in one way another the opposite view? That would be the appropriate. Yes, get okay. someone else to rebut mm -hmm. re rebut that view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's agreeable as far as I'm concerned. But uh, maybe it's uh, it's more more uh, reasonable at a more senior level. But this is we're talking about primary five. You know, it doesn't really make sense to me. I I don't think students at that age can uh, have have that kind of uh, uh, um, ability. You know, to to really disentangle all the complexities. Okay, Mervyn Chung, do you do you agree with that approach? Uh, I hope. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I have a uh, slightly different view. I, I would take it as some well, some kind of all, uh, off the limit. Um, because um, on such a complicated topic as uh, Hong Kong becoming independent, uh, there, are too, there are too many complications that are involved in it. And uh, given the relatively remote experience and also a knowledge of a, of a primary school student, this kind of uh, presentation and also teaching has become m more or less a waste of time because they, they can't get much benefit from it. And uh, the approach that's been uh, suggested by uh, Professor Ho is more appropriate uh, in the context of uh, university academic environment, or at least a very... Uh, 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 anyway, in a, a post-secondary stage, because um, if we want to teach something, that something, that topic, should be beneficial to the students. So, to a primary five student, what 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 exactly is independence? 
and uh, the, the the kind of uh, well, they they already uh, don't have a you know good grasp of, of the kind of relationship between uh, say Hong Kong and China, and then uh, they 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 are still in the process of getting some basics about the basic law and also the constitutional basis so of Hong Kong. So you're saying they shouldn't talk about it at all? Because, I mean, the Education Secretary, I think, yesterday was saying this, this might come up because it's talking about, people are talking about it in society. And if it, if it does come up, then the teachers should explain why it's impossible, uh, why it's unfeasible, uh, and so on. They should only, as it were, reflect that view. Yeah. Now, uh, the problem... Uh, and, and but you're, are you saying they shouldn't talk about it at all? No. Uh, this time they have selected particularly, uh, you know, as a topic to, to teach and, uh, and, and, and also to discuss. So in that context, I, I, I have my objection. <clears throat> now, for freedom of speech, you can quote many, many examples. So why bother taking, you know, independence of Hong Kong as a topic in point? Because uh, from, from teaching this topic, how much benefit do you think the students can get? I think close to zero. And of course, uh, later on when you question the students uh, whether you support uh, independence or, or, or what, I think they, they can only be intuitive in, 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 in giving their responses. Well, you ask them to, to give a, a, you know, a more informed will, they, they have you know, difficulty. So it, it seems like the, a common sentiment amongst both of you is that is that primary school is probably too early to have this kind of conversation. Um, so when do you think would be the, the earliest appropriate age to start talking about issues of, to start talking about Hong Kong's relationship with China, issues of free speech, and, and so on? I think uh, when they have a better understanding of the kind of uh, relationship between Hong Kong and China, uh, then uh, I think uh, the students will be, will be in a better, uh, in a be better position to uh, to talk about you know, uh, to have uh, more more meaningful dialogue on, on on this kind of topics. So, for instance, when when they proceed to to the secondary school days, when they have liberal studies and and, and topics talking about the relate uh, Hong Kong and the world, and then the um, the relationship between Hong Kong and China, then that would be that would provide a better platform uh, for for students to be involved in in well in this kind of conversation. Uh, okay, a comment on uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, this is from Hong Kong Look, I guess, issuing what Nicholas said. Dear Backchat, I want to ask the guest today if they reckon it's a lesser evil if the teacher is doing this for a Form 5 class instead. Uh, also, would it, would it be a better approach if a psychological assessment is carried out before taking the deregistration step? Uh, you know, what about the question of age, uh, Ho Lok Sang? Do you think, uh, I mean, you said, you know, present both sides of the argument. Um, it, would that really apply in a primary school? Yeah, I, I had already uh, stressed that at primary five, students uh, are not able to make that kind of distinction. I don't think very few of them would be able to make that kind of distinction. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the reason is very complex, you know, and you have to consider all the uh, impacts on society, uh, uh, when uh, people who harbor uh, independent ideas uh, try to change the, uh, the status quo, you know, it's very complex, and and I certainly think that uh, at 
primary five, it's really, it doesn't really make sense. And in this particular instance, as I, I, uh, um, I have um, um, uh, great reservation, you know, for, for this teacher, I don't think he, he deserves, you know, to continue to educate students, you know, because he's talking about freedom of speech in the first instance. And then never really discuss anything about uh, uh, the limits of freedom of speech and as if freedom of speech is, is uh, so, uh, uh, um, uh, is w without any bounds wh whatsoever, you know, and that's extremely misleading, you know, and he's a teacher, he's an educator, he's going to mislead students along the way and it's not, not right. And I think uh, um, the registering this teacher will, will, will um, uh, raise the alarm so that other uh, teachers realize that, uh, you know, they have to understand what's wrong with it, you know. They, it's not that a particular topic has been raised. I don't think that is really the main issue. The main issue is that uh, when he is talking about freedom of speech, he's not handling it well. When the subject of, uh, of Hong Kong independence is, is brought up, um, the opposite views have not been uh, uh, aired. And also at this particular level, at P5, it's entirely inappropriate. So on three counts, he's doing, he has done something entirely inappropriate. So I'm saying that uh, this teacher should be deregistered. And I think other teachers should take notice that he has been deregistered for a good reason. So, so I'd like to ask a question based off something raised in, in that comment just aired. And I, while I don't think a psychological assessment would, would be part of this, this was, a, this, this was a, a dramatic step by the Education Bureau. Were there, I guess, were there other options available, less dramatic options? And I think why do you think those, those were not chosen or were deemed inappropriate for this particular case? Well, you see, the alternative is that it's going to continue to teach. You see, and the fact that he's going to to teach, it's impossible really to continue monitoring him. You know, because he is he's in the classroom and in inside his classroom, without any other people, except his students. And the student, when when he's able to convince the students to side with him, then the students will not talk about it. And uh, you know, it's very, not easy at all. You know, for 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 the. Um, for the principal and uh, uh, and for for his supervisors, you know, to 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 closely monitor what what's going on. You see, and, and and I think the message is really important. The message is that well, if you do these things, and it, it's wrong, and you have to face the consequences. You know, if you give them the alternative, and allow him to continue to teach, we could be spoiling an entire generation. I mean, that's, that's the, the reality is, surely, that this is, a, this is politically motivated. This is a reaction to the, to the demonstrations last year, principally. This case was raised or was put in headlines by Tarkong Pao last year. This is, this is pressure from Beijing who, who are elevating this, and we see this with C.Y. Lung's uh, approach as well. This is just a political reality. And, and also specifically uh, uh, in uh, Article 10 of the new national security legislation, uh, it does say so. This is the law. The law says that the government shall promote national security education in schools exactly. and universities. So this is, this is going to have to be done. Um, exactly. Uh, the, 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 we, they're going to have to promote national security education in schools and universities. 
how do you promote national security education? Let's say universities, uh, because that's going to be an uphill task, to, to, to put it mildly, uh, to raise awareness of Hong Kong residents of national security and the obligation to abide by the law. How do you promote national security education in universities? Professor Ho, you're a veteran of many universities. How, how would you do that? Because promoting... Uh, national security legislation is not the kind of the sort of thing that you usually do at universities, is it? Usually at this level, as you say, you might hear two sides, you might discuss issues, you might think yeah. things through. You don't actually promote a certain kind of education. Yeah, um, I think uh, uh, students have lots of uh, examples, you know, to, to study. Okay, they, they can study Tunisia, they can study uh, Ukraine, they can study all of these other uh, uh, regimes have, have uh, suffered so much, you know, because of that uh, kind of revolution that has been instigated, you know, by, by the various protests in the name of democracy and, uh, and other things. You see, so you just... Is that education or is that just propaganda? That's educational. That's, that's educational, education. you know, because you, you simply look at the data. You see, I, I was looking at data of, uh, on Tunisia and I... And I, you know, to my surprise, you know, um, before year, uh, 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 2000, uh, before, uh, you see, 10 years, 10 years before that. Uh, okay, but Holok's saying, I mean, of course, there's a, there's a million counterexamples. You could, yeah. you could talk, you could look at the, uh, the communist insurgency, well. you could look at the communist insurgency in China in the, in the 1930s and the 1940s and, and how they overthrew the, uh, the government and, and, and came to power. Yeah, that would yeah, be an yeah, example of... Course, of, of yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? There's a million examples. You can use the present regime in, in the People's Republic of China as an example of, of when to, you know, to change the order of the national security. So why would you choose one rather than another? And, and it, I, I'm talking about a university, so I'm talking about at the very highest level. How, how, do you, how do you do that? I don't understand how that would work. Well, I think history is the really teaches a lot and I think we really should study history you see and you have to uh, uh, um, uh, see the, the uh, society as it is today you know on the mainland and in Hong Kong compared to countries elsewhere you see and um, um, are we really so uh, oppressed you see, you, you look at our, our rule of law index. We have always been higher than the United States for a long time. You know, including this. No, I'm case. sorry, that's an answer to a different question. I'm talking about how you do, how, how you would do this kind of education, this kind of yes. single minded, not education, it's promotion, it's specifically promotion. Use, history. You use examples, you use examples, you know, to. You, you selectively yeah, choose examples. examples, because as I say, you could, surely you could have examples of, from all kinds of things. and... You, you could prove many things with different examples from history, couldn't you? Uh, or else you wouldn't have a whole discipline of, of, of historical yeah, studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, you, you use you use history. You mm -hmm. look at the data. You look at uh, uh, um, uh, how how people on the mainland is living and how people elsewhere is living. Whether there's been improvement under the current regime and whether whether uh, it is likely that uh, changing, changing the regime is going to, uh, you know, and, and breaking Hong Kong away from... from, from uh, okay, from and you have, to, so you have to, history to, lecturers... To Hong Kong society. So, so you have history lecturers who are 
who are going to be teaching students, and this is what they are. This is their intention. Their intention is to prove that the importance of national security and uh, the obligation to abide by the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you. You have academics who are there to promote that. The perspective is really important. Yeah. 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 But I'm saying you have professors, and that's what they will be doing. That's what they will be saying to the students. And I am hoping that all. All teachers will have that kind of, have some kind of background. You know, they they need to have some idea about uh, uh, about uh, where Hong Kong's future lies. But, uh, you know, you know that's not realistic. Academics. It's won't... not realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think it's there's no. You know, you need to make that make that attempt at first time. It's not easy at all. You see, there are lots of, of stumbling blocks. Well, you, ahead you mean you bring in the police, you bring in the law, because, I mean, that's what the yeah, Education yeah, Secretary yeah, says. The it's, the if they, if the universities yeah. won't do it, then the, then the law enforcement will do it. So you have the what? You have the police teaching the students? No. You have, no, no, well, no, no I'm no, serious. No. no, no I'm I'm or what? Or, the, or you have the police they, telling, the, they, telling, the, telling, the, telling the teachers what to say? No, no, essentially all the teachers have to go, uh, have to be, have to get the, the qualification, right? And in the, in the uh, process of uh, uh, getting uh, registered as a teacher, you know, they, they need to have some, some, some training, some background in uh, national security to see why it is so important. Okay. Why Hong Kong, why Hong Kong's future uh, goes along with the national security of, the, or, 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 of China. Okay. Well, we've got a break for the news. And uh, Ho Sang, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Okay, Senior you. Research Fellow at the Pan Tong Economic Policy Research Institute at uh, Lingnan University. We're going to continue the discussion. We're also going to be talking about the, the I-bonds uh, issue uh, after the news at nine. We want to hear from you, as ever. Uh, call us, 233-88266 is the number. The forecast, mainly cloudy, slightly cool in the morning. Sunny tools during the day. Temperatures up to 28 degrees, 24 degrees, uh, the latest readings. That's cool, 74% relative humidity. companies. One recommendation is to prohibit dominant platforms from entering adjacent lines of businesses. That could put a stop to companies like Facebook acquiring Instagram or Google owning YouTube. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Wednesday morning with Nicholas Gordon and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, education and uh, independence and national security. This is inspired by uh, a few things. Uh, most recently, the uh, decision to uh, deregister a primary school uh, teacher uh, involved in a, a, a Kowloon Tong uh, primary school. Uh, the uh, Education Bureau said that he had imposed his own ideas about Hong Kong independence on, on students. Uh, also, uh, C.Y. Lung, uh, among others, has, uh, uh, is launching a judicial review against the government uh, to disclose details of teachers who were found guilty of professional misconduct in last year's anti-government protests. Uh, and also the Chief Executive says the Education Secretary will meet the presidents of Hong Kong's major universities to discuss how to comply with national security legislations, that is, to promote national security education uh, in universities. Uh, and uh, the chief executive said the Secretary of Education will meet the plans uh, if there is a need or they no longer have the ability to implement the requirements. Of course, law enforcement will have to deal with it. That's uh, from uh, Carrie Lam. Uh, what are the implications of that? We have with us now Mervyn Chung from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern and organisation. We're also speaking to Ho Lok Sang in the first part of the programme. And later we're going to be talking about the uh, new issue.
issue of uh, I-bonds with a 2% uh, return uh, guaranteed. Um, of course, we want to hear from you, bankchat.rthk.hk. So people have noted that this is the first time that this has been done in response to a quote-unquote misconduct as opposed to a criminal conviction. Um, so I wanted to ask, in a, how do you think the investigative process went for this particular case? And is there or will there be any kind of appeal process? Now, I have no uh, absolutely clear idea about the, the procedures stipulated for, for this kind of uh, in, in investigatory uh, process. But uh, according to the feedback from, from those who, are, who, who seem to have been involved in the case, uh, one, t- uh, one apparent uh, drawback uh, is that um, the, the teacher um, that has been uh, deregistered has not been given the opportunity of meeting direct with, with the panel to, to stay his case and also to stay his uh, uh, grounds for, for objecting to to being um, uh, treated in, in this way. So I think um, a clear um, appeal process should be provided. What about the uh, what about the controversy over uh, naming, making public the, the the names of the teachers who have been found guilty of uh, misconduct? So say there's now a fight going on, an unlikely battle between uh, C.Y. Leung and the and, and the government. Whose side are you on, Mervyn? No, I, I think uh, uh, of course that uh, there are co- quite mixed reactions uh, towards the, the, this idea. Some even suggest that uh, during a process of in- investigation. Um, the names of those who are involved in it uh, should, be, should be made public. Now, I, I don't agree. I think uh, it's only when the case has been uh, convicted uh, with, with all the uh, you know, necessary evidence then uh, I think uh, the name of the, uh, of the offender uh, can be made public. Because after all, teaching, our education is a very... It's both important and also a, a very sensitive area because um, parents are very, uh, are increasingly concerned about the educational well-being of, of, of the children. So uh, this is the, a kind of public expectation that we must satisfy. We, of course, we need to strike a balance, you know, between the the privacy of the of the teachers who have been so uh, uh, convicted, and and also the the, the rights to. To, to knowledge and also to the protection of children on the part of, of, of the parents. Uh, you know, that's a, a, a careful balance. But then the, uh, the interests of students and, all, and their parents should come first. Um, it's interesting you bring up kind of the, the, the concerns of parents and educational well-being. I mean, obviously, there's been a conversation about education in Hong Kong since, since last year. Um, people have talked about there have been proposals to reform liberal studies, introduce patriotic education, the conversation we had before the break about national security education in universities. Um, and there are there's probably some in Hong Kong society who have concerns about who, who are losing faith in the education system for for these reasons, for some of these discussions. How do you think this particular case affects uh, the views of the Hong Kong public and their faith in the education system? And if it does hurt that faith, what can be done to help restore that faith in the primary, secondary, and higher education systems? I think we, we need to be more careful with the process of uh, doing this kind of education. Uh, well, it seems to many that um, 
you know, over the past few decades, not much has been done, or or, or even uh, has not been done at all uh, in terms of the kind of lesson education and those things. And then all of a sudden, uh, the authorities, you know, uh, you know, push out uh, activities and curriculum uh, one after another uh, in this area. And well, this, you know, to 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 some extent, must have uh, scared it. Uh, the educators, because they they certainly are, are, are the kind of of uh, uh, assessment problems. Apart from our our academic uh, teaching load, then we have the, these additional uh, things. So how to fit in and how how to do it well? So all these need to be you know done in a package that involve not just the curriculum, the uh, the objectives. And but also the preparation of the teachers and those who are involved in the delivery of such programs. And in my opinion, this has not this has not been done well. So let's do some catching up uh, in a in a more steady and uh, more acceptable manner. Okay. Uh, what what about the issue of the what I was talking to Herlock saying about before uh, nine o'clock um, universities? Uh, as I say, it is specified uh, in Article 10 of the of the uh, national security legislation that the government should promote promote national security education uh, in universities. Um, how can it? How would it do that? It's not the sort of thing that's usually done at universities, is it? Yeah, this is. I think it's a long regretted area in in the universities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in, in the universities for over 30 years, and. Uh, Practically, nothing has been talked about uh, in, in, in the room of a lesson or education and, and, and that kind of things. But uh, in the universities, you, you, we are to um, do national education uh, in, in the overall uh, community of students and, and also staff. It takes a it should take a, a different approach uh, from that of uh, you know of the of the, the, the basic education schools. Uh, for instance, we, uh, it cannot be all the time a one-way teaching with the, with the lect- lecturing staff, with the professorial staff, teaching the students in a, in a, in a unilateral manner. But it's promotion. It's promotion. It's not discussion. It's promoting national security education. We also, uh, we also need to make them uh, understand and become more readily uh, you know, a- a- acceptable. Uh, in, in, in this kind of new education to them. Now, um, uh, Professor Ho uh, mentioned it during his part of the program that um, uh, I think uh, we can do it more on a comparative um, uh, you know, uh, basis. For instance, if people attack China, saying that China is bad for this and that, then let, let's do a comparison with some of the countries in a similar state of development and with uh, you know, similar uh, political systems, see how you know how how it works and who who's the best. I have um re- I've just finished writing an essay, on 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 a kind of university admissions uh, system for undergraduate education, comparing uh, now because recently um, the University of California under it uh, altogether nine campuses like Berkeley, Santa Barbara, and, 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 and the like. And uh, four, of, four of these uh, nine, campus, nine campuses have been found to be faulty 
in a meeting undergraduates to to the program. And that would be the right answer. The right answer would be China is best. Yeah, ch China and Hong Kong. So you'd be choosing examples and you'd be looking for answers that say China is the best. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'm serious, Mervin. I mean, is that is that what you'd want? No, in a in a daily dialogue, you wouldn't want uh, you wouldn't want an objective assessment. You would want the answer. You would what would you be looking for in order to promote national security? Would be case studies and and answers that indicated that China was had a super, was superior in whatever field. Uh, now, we we should not have a sweeping view that China must be bad in all you know on all counts. Now, okay, that that's the attitude of, mm -hmm. of many people in the higher education circle. So let's let's try to throw some examples for people to consider, and and uh, try to convince them instead of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, pressing them to accept something. Because uh, in their mind, it's always that China, China is not good in so many things. So I call one example. Even in education, there are things that China might compare more favorably to the, to the U.S. So that's my, that's my suggested approach. That is, doing this gradually and in a more educated manner. Instead of uh, having this, this kind of wild guesses, and uh, preconceived you know, uh, ideas. Okay. Uh, an email, sorry, a comment on Facebook from TC who says, as I've mentioned before on Bank Chat, the litmus test on free speech is whether one, be it a person, a government or society, can tolerate somebody uh, make a statement that is unpopular, distasteful or even unconstitutional, except for defamation. Context is important in this saga. The discussion on independence is part of a greater discussion on free speech. Don't decontextualize it. Students are free to express opinions against independence in this worksheet. That comes uh, from TC, referring to that uh, to, uh, the worksheet that was being used by the by the uh, teacher at the school. Uh, and Terry says, uh, obviously, you can have freedom of speech as long as it doesn't conflict with Communist Party uh, ideology. Uh, Mervyn, you were saying that the, the, the you could talk about free speech, but the the case of independence doesn't really isn't really a good, good avenue, place to talk about that? Now, um, because uh, well, I think for primary school students, whether or not they understand the word of independence in, 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 in a political sense, I, I really doubt it. So uh, uh, over time, when they proceed to, to more senior forms in, in, in the study, they might have uh, the chance of uh, going through, say, uh, the history of Singapore, and those that have that start uh, from being uh, colonies and eventually proceed to become an independent state, something like that. And what are the underlying backgrounds leading to the the development of the political status, uh, uh, to the present political status? I think it's all these uh, you know surrounding circumstances that would need to be clearly uh, alerted to and uh, uh, comprehended by the students before they can draw a conclusion. Instead of uh, in the present case. You just show them a video uh, about, uh, you know, a banned political organization, the Lesson of uh, Party, and then you give them a, a worksheet with five questions and uh, with the political stance being built into some of them, like uh, uh, what are the reasons in, in your will uh, for Hong Kong to become independent? Now, this is some, some kind of a loaded question, not, not objective at all. So this is something. I, I think the more. question. I think uh, m maybe more or less n uh, loaded. But I think the question was: uh, What were, were the views expressed in the film? Uh, 
yeah. uh, for, for Hong Kong uh, independence. Then, now, why, why has the teacher chosen such a film? Now, that's already a, that's already a question. <laughs> because the, the film is about, uh, you know, uh, 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 an illegal organization that has been banned by the government with the, with the leader, you know, freed already. So I think it's, uh, well, it's, so on, on account of reasonableness and, and also appropriateness, this is questionable. Okay, one, one, one more question, uh, which is interesting. This is from LK, who says, Hi, Backchat. Will international schools, their teachers and their curricula, be regulated with the same rigour as local schools? After all, growing numbers of local students attend international schools, and these schools have historically encouraged critical thinking, debate, different viewpoints, etc. That comes uh, from uh, LK. Uh, the law says it shall promote national security education uh, in schools. I... I, I don't know. Would international though that be international schools as well as? Yeah, I think international schools that belong to a, to to a different area. They have different culture uh, and also different school environment. Does, does the law apply in the same way though? I, I, don't uh, know. I think uh, this is a sensitive area that that needs to be uh, determined. Uh, that needs to be spelled out in, in clearer terms by the government. Now, uh, all the same, when we have a ceremony uh, in which we have a flat raising and singing of national. Uh, anthem. Would this uh, apply at the same time to international schools gatherings? Now, th this is something I think uh, that, it, that would need to be you know, uh, spelled out in, in, in more precise terms. Mm. Okay, one more comment on Facebook from Jan, who says, the best teacher I ever had were those uh, who taught the importance of freedom and self-expression. That's from Jan. Thank you very much indeed. Mervyn Chen, thank you very much indeed for joining us Pleasure. this morning from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organization. And uh, Ho Lok Sang in the first part of the program as well. And to everyone uh, who emailed, just coming up to 19 minutes uh, past nine now. And we want to turn uh, secondly and uh, finally today to, uh, to uh, I-Bonds, uh, Hong Kong uh, Monetary Authority, plans to issue uh, uh, up to uh, $15 billion worth of uh, bonds, uh, which uh, they are infl inflation-linked uh, government debt. Uh, they'd make an interest payment every six months based on the average rate of the consumer price index with a guaranteed minimum payment of 2%, uh, double the minimum rate for the last series of uh, I-bonds in 2016. Kenneth Lung joins us on the line now for comment, accountancy sector lawmaker. Mr Lung, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Thank you much indeed morning. For, for joining us today. First of all, uh, okay, is this a good punt? <laughs> Should you, would you uh, recommend well, buying it's, these? It's definitely a, a good uh, investment for the, uh, the, the people who got some, some extra money, but the, the base lot is uh, $10,000. And you have to lock up uh, the money for for three years, but in fact, if you look at the prevailing interest rate in, in, in savings accounts, mostly are just half a percentage. So two percent is quite quite a good return if people got spare money to lock up for three years. I think um, they they would want to park the money um, uh, with the I bond. Okay, uh, why is the government doing it? Well, I, I think, first of all, I think governments would need some, some money. Of course, I mean, um, in accordance with what the HKMA said, this money will not be going to finance the day-to-day -day, uh, running expenses of the government. Uh, because we all know that the government is, you know, um, incurring uh, a, a quite sizable, uh, not quite sizable, it is a historic budget deficit of, of exceeding $300 billion next year. But, but this money, it will be um, used, the proceeds uh, will be used uh, to invest in the exchange fund. Um, 
one 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 primary reason I think for the issue is to just create a, a you know a, 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 a good feeling for the people. And secondly, I, I think there's also a role for the government to deepen um, uh, the debt market in Hong Kong, which compared with other uh, jurisdictions is almost non-existing at the moment. What, why, why would you want a debt market? What's the advantage of that? Well, as a financial centre, if, if we are going to, to carry on as an international financial centre, we cannot just rely on um, uh, equity shares uh, for listed companies. We will have to have some alternative investment with different um, uh, risk rating, with different return uh, uh, profile for investors. Now, take an example. Our debt market, the size of our debt market is... Um, uh, by 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 last quarter is only about 500 billion US dollars. If you look look at comparing with um, mainland China, the debt size is about 12.8 trillion US dollars, and in Japan, um, uh, a similar size. We are talking about 10, 12 trillion US dollars of debt market, and so I think Hong Kong would need to catch up if we are going to become a more diversified financial center. Hmm. Has, the, has the government issued these sorts of bonds before, and, and what was yeah. the reasoning then? Well, I, I think the reasons for, for the, this is the seventh time the government has ever issued um, I-bonds. Um, basically, I, I think the government is just trying to provide a relatively more uh, risk-free, because, I mean, the, the, the credit rating is linked to the government itself uh, for, for the middle class and for the people who save up. And also there is a variation on the I-bond that is silver bond, uh, which was launched a few years ago uh, for people. Um, who's over the age of 65. And, and so if they, they withdraw their MPF benefits, then they will have to put in the money in, in some sort of more stable um, uh, investment product with investment return of a, a reasonable amount. So I, I think it's more a, a kind of social engineering because um, in the past they have issued uh, in total about 60 billion um, uh, Hong Kong dollars of, of, of debt. And I do not think the main reason is for the government to, 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 to take money, to borrow money from, from, from the people. Rather, they just want to create a more, um, you know, uh, user-friendly type of, you know, investment environment for people um, who are going to write, retire in Hong Kong. And of course, I mean, if under this kind of climate, when when mostly, if you you look at your current account, it is zero percent. I mean, I mean, no no bank apart from the few virtual banks will give you a positive return on money. Now they're saying they're giving you two percent. It is quite a good deal, I think. How do they get to guarantee two percent when the banks can't? Well, that's why they are. Uh, investing the proceeds into the exchange fund. And the exchange fund, as you know, there, there are different investment strategies. Some of those money will be invested in, in equities. Uh, a small part of those will be even investing in real estate. So if you, you take a you know, average return on, on, on the exchange fund itself, it must be higher than 2%. And that's why they are the government is able um, to give a minimum guaranteed return of 2%. And after all, it is, we are talk, only talking about $15 billion uh, for this tranche of issue. So they're, they're able to do that. Well, uh, does this make any difference to wealth distribution? Is this a kind of favor for the 
is this good for people who've already got money? You're saying, you know, you've got, you've got the money yes, to invest? Yes, I, I think this is nothing to do with wealth distribution. I think this is something to do with, you know, just some governments creating some some few good factors for, for, for the population in general, because you at least you, you need to have $10,000, which you think is, you, you don't need it uh, to invest. So this is more or less for, for the people uh, who have saved up for retirement or the middle class people who got, say, uh, a few, you know, maybe, you know, $100,000 extra to invest. So this is nothing to do with wealth distribution at all. Yeah. So you said this, in your view, this is this is a social engineering project, a way to deepen the debt market in Hong Kong. It's not for wealth distribution or no, for no, or, but, but or of course i mean that that is an also a mm-hmm. fact that you know um the 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 the, uh, the, the debt itself mm-hmm. would help um people preparing for retirement so that i mean um, these people may, may in the future rely less on public resources uh for their retirement but of course i mean mm-hmm. as it all depends on how 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 popular the subscription is. If if say for example each of those subscribers only got about ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars worth of bond, I mean it, it won't help much in, in their retirement. But if they got say uh, investing in say uh, half a million in, in the I bond, that 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 could help. And and the other thing you mentioned, it's not for is is raising money for the um, as you called it the historic budget deficit. Mm. Do we have do we have any indication how what how of how the government's thinking about? about fiscal policy? Uh, I think that's a big question because Mm. our uh, recurring expenditure has been growing far, far quicker uh, than our annual growth rate in our GDP, which is quite dangerous. And I don't know. I mean, yet, I mean, I've been asking the financial secretary to explain his medium-term plan in balancing the the books. Now, of course, I, I do think we will experience budget deficits in the next three years at least. We're looking at the SARS experience because we are facing a a, a very bad economy and um, uh, the pandemic hasn't gone yet. So at the end of the day, um, a lot, maybe half of the reserve will be drained down. We, we, we'll be up to just half of our reserve in, in three years' time. So I think, of course, there are two, two very basic ways to deal with it. One is to cut down the recurring uh, expenditure, which could be politically con- uh, controversial because uh, a lot of needy people will need help during these difficult times. And the other long-term uh, you know, uh, policy which the government could explore is to widen the tax base or uh, to explore other ways to, to, to tap uh, other sources of income. So I don't think the government has a, a clue what to do in the next three to four years yet. What, what about, um, has the government, I know there's been discussion of it, but has it ever actually happened that the government has used um, uh, bonds like this to fund infrastructure projects? It's done in other places in the world, isn't it? I'm thinking, say, yeah. Lan- Lantau tomorrow. You could have Lantau tomorrow bonds. Um, is, how far advanced is that? Well, I, I think the Lantau project is uh, a very controversial project because if you look at West Kowloon, you look at other mega infrastructure projects which the government has launched in the past decade or so. And, and of course, you can avoid some of that controversy by saying, look, you know, people, the people are going to pay for it directly. So, um, you know, it's not going to come out of our coffers. And... Well, but even if, if you, you issue a bond, it's not a, a small size bond. We're talk, not talking about 15 billion. We could be talking about something like, you know, 500 billion. Mm. And, and, and 
the credit rating, um, the project management, all that will have a bearing on how the the the, the, uh, the institutional investors will, will will look at these bonds. And um, if the government has no concrete, you know, fiscal policy to deal with the the the, the foreseeable deficit in future, uh, it will be difficult for, for the government to issue uh, bonds of this size. Now, not to mention that the fundamentals of the Lantau project are, are, are we going, why are we, why do we need it? Uh, do we need that size of a reclamation? Or can uh, yeah, there is that, there is, there, kind of thing? there is that, but there's also investors mm. might say, look, we know Beijing's never going to let this go bust. Um, mm. It's got the backing of the biggest you know, economy in the world, second biggest economy in the world. So, uh, therefore, it's a safe bet. So, therefore, we'll Well, well, well I, I don't know how, how, how Beijing will, will look at this, of, of course, um, unless you've got something black and white guaranteed by Beijing. But even if Beijing, um, you know, undertakes to, to underwrite the, the issue of the bond, but, I mean, what's the shape and performance of the economy of China, we, we still need to look at the figures. I mean, it's quite premature to say that, I mean, the Lantau project uh, can be financed uh, by bonds because it is quite a, a long-term mm. project. It's the, the, the basics of it is quite uh, controversial. So I think we still need to take a lot of time to have a discussions and consultations uh, within us and, 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 and the Hong Kong people before uh, we can say, yes, we need a project and to find ways to finance it. And, and sorry, just finally, with the with the previous issue uh, issue of these bonds, did everybody did they just share it out among all the qualified applicants, or um, so you know, if there were a million applicants, would this be shared out between a million no, no, people? No, I, I, I think the, the, the basic lot is uh, ten thousand yeah. dollars. I don't think any uh, if there is so over subscription, I, I think they would draw the lots and not, and, and they're not going okay. to share out like that. No. Right. They draw lots. Okay, so okay, no. like that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kenneth Lang, thank you very much indeed for joining us, thank the you. sector uh, lawmaker. Uh, one more comment from Alan in an email, who says um, the pro-government is always whining about how they have been doxxed, though the identity of the police is hardly a secret, and the consequences to them are at worst put downs on social media. However, the tactic of naming and shaming teachers for daring to discuss social issues has real-world risks. The intent of CY et al. is clearly to punish them, to drive them out of their jobs, prevent them ever working again and vilify them, to target them for investigation and harassment by police, even violence by white-shirt thugs. The CCP cannot tolerate any actual discussion of politics. The worksheet in question was asking questions to promote examination of issues. The government only wants indoctrination. And learn the patriotic line and parrot it. That is from Alan. Thank you very much indeed from that. Nicholas, many thanks to you. Thank uh, you. That's it for the uh, programme today. We have, tomorrow we should be talking, we hope, about uh, Xinjiang. Uh, so uh, stand by for that. The weather mainly cloudy today, slightly cooler this morning and sunny intervals during the day. Temperatures up to about 28 degrees. The outlook winds moderating gradually in the next couple of days and the weather improving during the day, mainly fine over the weekend. 25 degrees now and the relative humidity 74%.